This is the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, always open at AmericanFireworks.com for making this happen. Shouts to you guys for helping it grow. We've been at it a long time now. We're in 2021. Dre, um, we saw Brown's playoff win. We saw the Browns really come um, just a couple of failed sequences from making the AFC championship game in a strange game. Um, They were going to need some help because Mahomes stays on the field. He was going to name his number, which we all kind of feared and thought all along. Right. But they, you know, not even 20 hours later, like several times were just lack of execution um, and questionable decisions just, sunk the Browns and it really all came down to third and 14 stopping Chad Henney and fourth and a foot stopping Chad Henney. And they didn't either time. Well, you're going right to the meat and potatoes of all of this. And it's hard to, and like you said, because it's 20 hours after it all happened, our minds are all still, you know, scattered brain. And we want a Monday morning quarterback because, well, that's what we do. And it's hard to, you know, we've watched what 18, you know, NFL football games didn't have to watch a preseason, which was pretty nice. Um, and, and you're right. It's easy to go off of decisions that, you know, it's easy to go off of decisions that were made and weren't made. But the, the beauty of this is, and you kind of wrote this yesterday in your, in your article after the game, is if we're at the point where we're complaining about Kevin Stefanski punting on fourth and nine or we're complaining about Chad Henning, um, or a, like that's huge strides. That's much better than what we're usually doing on January, whatever today's date is. It's usually by MLK. You know, we're talking about the new offensive system and kind of players that we have fit into the three right. fours because this came out of a four three. Um, it's huge strides, and, and it's a different perspective and it's a different way to look at it. I think you almost have to preface what you're saying about the coaches' decisions, but by saying for, it's almost like marriage. You know, it's like like I always say, it's hard to boo your wife when they cook dinner for you every day because it's your wife and you and you you've got a commitment. You know, that's the person you're going to be with. Um, and I think the same thing with Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, we can question some things, um, but we can't question that he is the leader. He is the future of where this Cleveland Browns team goes, no matter how many faces change over the next six months. All right, let's uh, – I'm, I'm glad you mentioned all those things. Let's do this. Um, there's going to be plenty of time, and I'm sure the, the this discussion will bleed into this anyway for, for the bigger picture stuff on, on Chubb, on Baker, on how to fix the defense, right? Um you texted right. and then you tweeted because I didn't respond because I was already dead asleep about my article. So <laughs> because it's fresh, because it's Monday, and because it was a game yeah. of this magnitude, let's for sure let, let's go through it. So what what because um, I, I read it at you know six forty five in the morning or whenever I woke up <laughs> to take the dog outside to pee so I could pee outside too. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you teach the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Watch Daddy. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski and I have to have two things in common. We're both teachers, and we both aged considerably over the last six months. Yes, six months. <laughs> so, so let's so let's go through what what sticks in your mind, or what what were your point of contention with the way I I framed it. Uh and I mean, and Jason Lloyd, this is to you too. And you guys know, I'm the, I, if nobody carries the athletic like I do, um, no more. I had more athletic writers on my TV show than anybody across America. I'll put my money on it. 
So not only do I want my hat, I want my subscription free next year. Um, <laughs> actually, it comes up in March, so you can take care of it then. Um, the punt thing, and, and look, this is good conversation, and I want people to understand that. This is, this is the fun part of being a fan of a football team, right? Um, I just believe that we've become so consumed with numbers and co- so consumed, and this isn't even about your article, because your article was, I, I don't remember the words you used, and I can go back through our text um, and how you wrote it. Because, and I wasn't, and you know me, I'm just busting balls. Like, I just like to have fun. Right. And, um, and so when I texted you, it was more or less, I didn't know if you were awake or not. It didn't, you know, you didn't have to be. But I just, as I read it, I chuckled because I'm like, um, it's a good article, but in my opinion, oh, you used the word guts. And you were like, it would take more guts to go for it on fourth and nine. I, mean, I don't know how you said it. I don't want to, I don't want to take the words and mess up your words. You put it well. And you were talking about guts and having the guts to go for it on fourth and nine. And you're on the other side of the 50 and the backup quarterback is in the game for the other team. You've already held this unbelievably scored this team to 22 points. Um, and the backup quarterback is in, and you know that they're not going to have, they're not going to go full throttle. They're trying to run the clock. I don't have a problem going. For, I don't have a problem putting on fourth and nine. If that, that's football to me with, and I think it was over four minutes left in the game. If your defense can't get a stop against the backup quarterback um, in that type of weather, then are you really a Super Bowl team? Like to me, the guts comes down to you have the perfect situation. And I and look, I get the writing, and it is a, it's you know I always, I try to tweet sometimes rather than getting emotional. I always tweet. These are one of those moments that you mark down because no matter what happens after this play, you're going to be able to question. You're going to be able to Monday morning quarterback it, right? Sure. If you go for it on fourth, if, and here's my deal. And I wanted to say to Lloyd after I read Lloyd's article, both of them are good. I'm, I'm just, these are conversations I like to have. And I hope sports radio changes in how we talk about how we do sports radio, um, because for somebody, sports radio in Cleveland has gotten, but it's gotten stale because they don't know how to have conversations like this. Because I think this is a legit conversation. Zach, if they go for it on fourth and nine and don't get it, what do you write about that situation? Are you writing about guts? Well, no. I mean, I'm still writing about the lack of execution a minute before that, about how they seem well, yeah, more right. concerned with taking the clock than being on the attack. And well, how they convert well, okay, the but, fourth but, down. But, okay, go ahead. My bad. Yeah, well, they but convert the fourth that, down, and then they have to take a timeout because they can't get to play. And like that, that it was an execution well, failure, right? Yes, the timeout situation in the second half was bad. Like, yes. yeah, we should have a whole conversation about how to. Yeah, so I, I'm not like I understood why you punted, and, and I'm going to defer to Kevin Stefanski on that. I will say this though. Okay, you're at your own thirty. You need nine. Probably you're going to have to throw. In that case six or seven and break a tackle, right? Because they're going to be sitting guys at nine to 11. Right. They're going to sit at the six. They're going to sit at the six, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, and you need to stop. You're right. Because you put yourself in that position, but you're down five. So I guess the case I'm making, and I didn't even really go this deep in the article because I knew Jason was going to take the stronger stance and I'm just trying to touch on the different things. Right. Then right. you still get the stop. You give up three, then maybe at most, right, to a kicker that struggled all day, you're still down eight. Like, True. Okay, I, I, you know, I don't have a huge problem with the punt, but the better play because you'd put yourself – putting yourself. I guess what I'm trying to say is putting yourself in the situation is, is much more the failure than the punt. But yes. Yes. because you're in that situation, you're going to have to pick it up, so you might as well go for it. And let's go back to the second. It was, can we go and we go back to the third down play? And look, and I, I want, and I'm gonna continue saying this because I feel like we have to say this because we don't know how to do this. This is all new to us. I'm not talking about you, like just as fans. This isn't a fight. This is just a conversation, and this is what happens when 
your season comes down to 60 minutes and not the month of December, right? You know what I mean? Like, this is how it works. We break down everything that gets to this point. Do you go back to that third down play, Zach? If it's a better, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to fight with the Baker people, but if you get a better pass on that swing play to Hunt, Hunt breaks the tackle and it's probably fourth and five, fourth and four, and you go for it. Fourth and nine is, and, and, and Lloyd had the numbers, not maybe off. I think the only 27 teams went for it on fourth and nine in 2020, 2021, and the percentage isn't that high. Um, down and distance plays into this. So for people that can play it, oh, they shouldn't have punted. It's like, well, if they pick up extra yards, if it's fourth and five, I don't think there's a doubt in Kevin Stefanski's mind that he goes for it. I think all of us agree. Right. Fourth and nine, as you said, and you're the Kansas City Chiefs, who, by the way, they got pretty good pressure most of the game on Baker Mayfield. They didn't blitz a lot, but when they do blitz, they use that the uh, cornerback, the rookie corner, who's the second in sacks on their team. I just feel like fourth, they had not done they had not done well getting chunks of yards. Um, I think personnel played into it. There were a lot of dump offs last night. There were balls batted down early. I just think when we go to the, that one decision, there's a lot that goes into it. It's just not oh, it's fourth and nine, we're down five, we got to get this ball. I think he made the best decision for the Cleveland Browns at that time when you consider everything else that had happened leading up to that. And I still say, go back and watch the third down play. And because they don't make a a clean pass to Hunt, Hunt's juggling the ball, trying to make someone move. When, if he gets a clean ball thrown to him, he can make a guy move, he can cut back, he can run out of bounds. Sure. And it's fourth and four suddenly. And that's when when you're on third and 11, that's what you're doing. You're trying to make it fourth and manageable. Bingo. And it went from third to 11 to fourth and nine. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a ton. If they pick up five yards there, then we're not even discussing. It's a total it. ton. Right? I mean, the earlier earlier in the in the game, Austin Hooper had picked right. up the fourth down on a six yard pass. Exactly. Um, now you talk about the time. I mean, I mean, just how they. I mean, Kevin Stefanski's dang if you do, dang if you don't. Right? When it comes to trying to beat the clock, trying to beat Kansas City. Um, my biggest issue is they only ran 19 times. And I guess it's almost like if you're, if you're Zach Jackson or if you're Jason Lloyd writing about the Browns offense, at, you know, and on, you know, in January. Um, and, I, and I like Kevin Stefanski. He should be coach of the year. I think 19 runs averaging 5.3 a clip by your two running backs. It, that's a, that's a problem. Like, I, like I want to have, that's a conversation that needs to be had because he got into that weird place, Zach, of, Trying to win the game, no doubt. But trying to keep Kansas City's offense off the field yeah. in the second half. And it's like, and you can't do both. Like, you either got to say to hell with it, we're just going to be us. You didn't do that all game long. And I did think it hurt the offense that suddenly, and you're, talking, you're right, in that drive, suddenly it's, you know, let's take, the, let's take our foot off the gas and let's go 60, 60 miles an hour rather than 75 like we have all game long. Yeah. So I haven't rewatched it yet but it seems like kansas city just said we're going to get up right we're bringing everybody up we're going to get up yep. on the wide receivers we're going to start creeping yep. the safeties and in, in linebackers up and we're not going to give them anything right we're, we're going to make them throw right. i mean the last three throws um in, in a game you're losing in the last five minutes the, the longest one was five yards right right um, right and, and, well, and this as we go to the whole thing jerry this is the question those who say that Baker's better with OBJ, his numbers certainly bear it out and without OBJ, and the results certainly bear it out. Didn't the Browns need to throw it over the top yesterday? Yep. Didn't it I, really look like the yeah. Browns didn't have a guy that could get open down the field? Can't, 
Right, and I texted it to you. Kansas City had no respect for you getting the ball over the top. Yeah. I said in the pregame, and I know Munch Bishop, uh, and I can say this about him because I don't agree with half the stuff he says, but I love him like an uncle. Um, he loses his mind every time you bring up the Chiefs. And I said, and I wouldn't even say the Chiefs' real name on air because I know he would, I didn't want him to start cussing and yelling that he was doing the show from home. And I said, because you don't have 13 going into the game yesterday, a good team and a good defense, especially Steve Spagnuolo, who likes to blitz, they let sat around all week long and said, there's nobody that can beat us over the top, gentlemen. So when the game gets on the line, and Zach just presented it perfectly, they got up in the face of every wide receiver on the Browns team and basically said, not one of you fools can beat us 10 yards downfield. Yeah. We're going to put, we're just going to make your off. We're going to put your offense in a box. No matter how you feel about Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and look, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm neutral. I really am. And that's, that's saying a lot for me. If there's a difference in what happens when he's on the field. And, and I guess this is a good time to have this conversation because you said it right. The numbers bear out that Baker seems to be a, do I want to, do we want to say better quarterback? Well, no, we don't want to say better quarterback, but anybody that wants to have this argument would say Baker started to become a different quarterback, a completely different quarterback when he was out. Okay, that's true. And I would say that, like, we got to go to the X's and O's. This is a great conversation. X's and O's-wise, that's a true statement what Zach said. But you found out, and it wasn't just yesterday, Zach, you can go back to how Pittsburgh defended them at times as well. And the Jets, well, the Jets game doesn't count. <laughs> but there are other games that teams just basically said, you can't beat us downfield, so we're going to put you in a box. The running game was never the same. I gave you the numbers. So here's the deal. Because it's a personality. If you if you have having the argument and you feel that Baker's better with Odell, it's, it's not the X's and O's that he's better at. It's a personality thing. And I don't know either one personally enough to say – his personality is too big for his. And, and that, that, that happens on basketball teams and baseball teams and football teams, right? That a personality, personality traits just clash and you can't win because of that. If you, don't, if you do trade away 13 because you feel like the personalities don't, don't match, if you don't get two receivers on this roster next year that put fear into the safeties of the other teams, you won't be able to get further than what you got this That's year. That's right. No, that that is exactly right. Um, you know, you get in this game, Mahomes or no Mahomes, right? And like, there's no such thing as the perfect football game. Not not from a blocking standpoint, not from a quarterback right. standpoint, not from a coaching handling every decision standpoint, right? But you know your margin to go full cliche. Your your margin's pretty small. Like, right, a couple of penalties and one turnover. Anything beyond that, you're fucked. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just say, it, right? And so, right. you know, the play before the half, which is a clear penalty in the NFL, is if you're going to use the technology and you're going to have the rules, you have to review everything. Yeah. You're already slowing the game down to a crawl. Um, that's a crime. But you have to know better than to risk that play, and that's lack of execution by the Browns, right? Yeah. Late yeah. in the game, because of the situation you're in, and again, you, th- this is where Stefanski was so good all year long, feeling the game, knowing. Coaching, as we said, all year long is not just getting guys ready. It's it's feeling the situation and knowing when to press it, knowing when to use the chart, knowing when to go outside the box. You cannot use that timeout. is too valuable on first down on the first play of a drive to use that challenge unless you saw yeah. that ball on the ground. And it was right in front of the Browns bench, and the ball was clearly never on the ground. 
Was it a tough catch? Did he juggle it? Yes. But unless you see ball that ball moving, rolling ball on the ground, moving. you cannot use that timeout right there. It came back to bite you. I know. You convert. It did. It, 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 let me just finish this. You convert fourth down with the quarterback sneak, which is a guts play, and it's a, hey, we're keeping this alive. You have to call your next play then and there, right? Because you're, you're up against it. You cannot look around for 30 seconds and take a timeout, and they did. And they did. And well, and those are mistakes they didn't make all year long. All year long. For the most part. Right. All year long. They did not make those mistakes. That was a Freddie thing. That's Those are things that we've seen in the past with this team not being prepared or being able to jump from one emotion to the – because that's the thing, and it's just like life. You Like a football game is full of a set of emotions, and, and that's why Kevin Stefanski is the perfect coach for this team and why he should be coach of the year, is that he has been able to be steady as a rock when it comes to emotions. Uh, no matter if he can't coach a game or whenever, whether he loses his number one receiver or, you know, or he loses it, you know, off of his, all of his wide receivers for a game. And in that situation, Zach, you're, you're right. They lost, they, they didn't hold their water. You know, that's just the, the saying that we always hear from, from Deke. You got to hold your water. Um, and they didn't. Now I love people that are like, well, the, the Browns were only in it because Patrick Mahomes got hurt. And, and we're not here to, you know, to raise the flag for either side, but you know, <laughs> I don't know how many injuries the Browns can take on their offensive line and keep and keep moving ahead. And when we talk about that fourth and nine play, part of it has to play into it that you got your third left tackle playing the game too. Like, you know what I mean? I think there's, there's so many things yeah. that come into this. And, and having a third string left tackle, that minimizes your playbook, right? And, I, and I'm not giving excuses to Kevin Stefanski on that timeout that was used when you said it. But that is part of it. It's not like, you know, like, this isn't Madden where you're just like, well, this is my favorite play. I'm going to play this play on first down after I get this snap, snap, you know, after I get this first down. Because suddenly you got to start thinking, well, first down, I usually like to do this, but we can't run left the way we like to run left because our left, because we're on our third left tackle, who I'm not even sure knows half the plays. <laughs> like that's right, and, and that goes back to, to the whole Chiefs bringing their guys up thing, right? Sending safeties yep, off the yep. edge. Of course you attack yes. a third string left tackle, right? Um, of course you, you blitz differently and you operate differently when you know what the other team has to do situationally. And, you know, that's what it was. I, I think Baker in the game took what was given to him in most spots. He made some really nice tight window throws. You know, a, a couple, obviously, that he'd like to have back. I mean, it's another disappointing thing. Like, overall, he gets a really – he gets an AA- minus for that game. He played well, right? Like, yeah. And he didn't win. You know, chances offensively and defensively to get it, you didn't win. Like early on, Conklin has the holding penalty. You don't score. You know, when you're moving the ball, they get three. I know the penalty's kind of evened out later, and the crew probably threw too many. But, yeah. you know, you just – you cannot – you cannot have those. Um, no. You, um, in the heat of the moment, no athlete. This is not to single out Rashard Higgins. You can think he's a thinker or, or, or that he's not. There are very few athletes in the world who, when they catch that ball and are going to the pilot, before we before we talk about the reach out decision, which is apparently taught yeah. and coached, and it needs to be. It's coached, not you're ahead, not thinking. But it's, it's natural. Yeah, you are not thinking. Boy, is the smart play for me to go down at the one and a half yard line here, nah, right? That's like not so, that's so not you natural. can't kill him on that. Um, but again, no, um, it's failed execution yeah. because you didn't do it. Right. And I think that's, you just put it perfectly. And, and I, I mean, as a guy that was a ball carrier a long time ago, that's, I would have coach like all the way to 15 years old. I can hear coaches saying, Hey, yelling, don't do that shit. You see done on TV. It can only get, it can lead to just as many problems as it can to success. 
Like, you know, that, like, that's what's beating your head if you're a receiver, quarterback, running back. You know, like I, I can remember getting yelled at by a coach name, and, and I can make a Coach Borman right now laughing. Coach named Pro- Proovy, Coach Proovy, who still does special teams at St. V, um, and still says customers with a chaw in his mouth looking at me sideways. I can hear him yelling. Even though he would yell at me about raising my hands as I scored touchdowns or diving in, even though he would yell from the sideline, Andre, we're going to punt return our, to our sideline. I'm like, okay, thanks for telling all 22 people out here which way we're going, coach. (laughs) (laughs) He literally would just yell, we're going to return to our sideline. And we'd be like, dude, everybody can hear you. Why are you telling me? But he was one of the people that constantly talked to me. He goes, I know it looks good. He goes, here's the thing. NFL film shows you 20 clips of guys diving in, you know, jumping in with the ball, you know, out. He goes, but they don't do 20 clips of the time the ball gets knocked out of your hands and rolls out of the back of the end zone and you lose, 20, lose six right. points. But you said it perfectly. It's not natural. And, and when you're a competitor like that, you're willing to do anything on this earth to score those points. So I don't get down on Hot Rod Higgins for that. But I will say this. <laughs> NFL's rules aren't perfect, and, and you hit on it already. It's obvious with all those cameras. You got cameras in pylons, man. Go ahead and, and let that be reviewed. If player safety is that important, I didn't complain about it. I'm not going to complain about it because I got to say it this way too. And I know this is hard for, for Browns fans to do in this situation. Um, but Daniel Sorensen, and I know this isn't going to be popular, but it's just realistic to me. Zach, Daniel Sorensen did what he was taught to do. You can't kill him. Like for as hard as Richard Higgins was playing in that moment. And for his heart, for as much as Richard Higgins was giving up his body and he was just giving it up for his team, trying to get his team back in before half. What Daniel Sorensen did, I got to stand up and clap for him too. He did what he was coached. I think like, that's what you're coached to do. Now, you're not coached to go helmet to helmet. Don't get me wrong, people. My point is that guy is busting his ass. Right. <laughs> From, he probably had to run 20, 25 yards to get to that point. I, I I got. I tip my hat to him. Is what I'm saying. Zach. It's not. I, get I mean, that we, I get that we. I get that we don't like it. I get that it goes against the Browns. I get that it should have been a penalty. But that guy did what he was coached to do. Yeah. He didn't give up on the play. I mean, how many times have we seen guys? You know, like ah, oh, he's gonna score a touchdown. I'm not running over there. Yeah. He, he, the hustle, hey man. And we tell our kids this. You tell hustle wins. Sorensen hustled his ass off. And at the end of the day, you know what they're doing today in Kansas City. He's probably getting a T-shirt or getting a, getting a Buckeye put on his helmet because he made the play of the game. Well, the you know, right? You're chasing that down. You know that the guy you're chasing, his angle is to that pylon. Mm-hmm. Right? This is another reason ball yep. security is so important. So you are yep. coming in. And, yes, he did He did clearly hit him head-to-head, and, and they, it wasn't called. And for whatever reason, it's not reviewable. It's not much different, though, just given the nature of football – then later where Mac Wilson does not hit Mahomes head to head, but the angle, no. the bodies move bodies that size moving that fast in a collision sport, like it's going to go that way. Right. And that's why the rules right. are in place. So that's, so yes, you can be disappointed and pissed off that it was clear that it was not called, but you're right. Daniel Sorensen was not head hunting. Daniel Sorensen was making a football play just like Mac Wilson no, was not head hunting. Mac Wilson was making yeah. a football play. Yes. And, and, and Travis Kelsey, I love you. And the next time I see you, um, I'll throw a bottle at you, and I know you'll catch it, and, 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 and Joe Orvac will take care of both of us. Um, and you'll be hanging out with Huggy Bear. That's a whole other story. Um, but don't start this shit about the dirty hits. Come on, T. And I know he knows better, and I know it's emotional. I love Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's, not, a, it's just emotion. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I know, and look, you stand. I get it. He's standing up for his boy. I mean, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. Would he be that without Mahomes? Probably. Would it be a little bit harder? Yes. Um, <laughs> but I gotta say this, Travis. If you want to be mad at somebody that Mahomes got a concussion yesterday, look no further than the Walrus, Andy Reid. You want to keep running the read options with the number yes. one quarterback in football, like it's Pee Wee football. Well, damn it, that's what you get. And Mac, Mac Wilson did nothing wrong on that play. He did his job. He's, as a matter of fact, it's one of the. It's why Mac Wilson is going to be one of the. Here's something Zach Jackson is going to have to write about the next. I don't know, six weeks. <laughs> He's going to have to write about the linebacker position for the Cleveland Browns. And do they have enough, or do they need more? And I don't know. Most of you guys that are listening right now are already driving off the side of the road saying they need more. The reason why Mac Wilson is a conundrum for the Browns, and I'd say Jacob Phillips, for, and I'd say all of them, Taki Taki, because on that play, and it gets forgotten because he gets the concussion and it changes the game, Mac Wilson played that, and it, he should. If you're a linebacker, he's been taught since he was 12 years old, you scrape, you scrape, you scrape, you keep, outside, you keep your outside arm uh, available. He ran, he, that was textbook. That's how Nick Saban taught him that in Tuscaloosa three years ago. And then he actually made the tackle, which we know here in Cleveland is a big deal for Mac. So I hope Mac puts that up on Twitter and puts it up on Instagram to show people that he really knows how to tackle and chase a play down. Um, but because why, I guess it goes back to this. If I'm Andy Reid, I'm pissed off this morning that I got to wait and see if I got my quarterback next week because of all the plays Andy Reid has in his playbook. He obviously felt they could run the option with Mahomes multiple times yesterday and he wouldn't get his quarterback harmed. Because that's why he called it, right, Zach? Because yeah. he called it because he basically, to me, what that says, if I'm the opposing guy going to their plays, Andy Reid feels like the Browns linebackers are undisciplined enough that we can get the three yards, two yards for a touchdown or a first down in short area. But most coaches would not put their superstar quarterback in that situation. So that was, and, But, Mac, you made the play of the day. So if you're Browns coaches, and like I said, Zach will have to write about this at some point in time, do you trust Mac Wilson – to make the right play in those situations nine times out of ten. Yesterday, in the biggest game of his NFL career, he did. But we all know he didn't do that the other 12, 10 games that he played. Well, you know, I I agree with most everything you said, Dre, and, and that's a perfect segue to the bigger conversation. All right, Mahomes scored on that very play, the first first touchdown of the game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, first mm-hmm. touchdown of mm-hmm. the game. Um, the roots of that are from – Week 17, when the Steelers brought Josh Dobbs in. That's right. That's right. The Browns were so locked into what they were doing and so talent deficient at linebacker that that works. So you're building Mm -hmm. upon that, right? You're looking and you're attacking. Yep. The good news is for all the disappointment, right? Like, as a Browns fan, you're finally keeping your team together to where they're going to build on stuff. And we've said it on this podcast a million times. Joe Thomas once said, like, in the middle, like, in his fifth different offensive coordinator in six years, he said, you know, guys, when we show up for work in May, like, the Saints, when they show up for work, they, yep. you know, last year, second and eight, we really struggled, right? Or hurry up, we weren't good. So on the first day of the first practice, they start addressing that with new plays, with new reads, with situational stuff. He said, you know what we do on the first day? I meet everybody. Where's a name? I meet everybody for the first time <laughs> all over again. Right. So trust me on this because the Browns have a really good core and it's a young core. And for the most part, it's an under contract core. And especially offensively, like it's a top tier 
core, right? But personnel yeah. in the NFL is fickle, it, it, with with few exceptions. There's too much injury risk. There's too much guys get old. There's too much guys get fat and happy when they get their money. There's too much guys who perform a certain way one way or the other when they need to get their money or when they want to get their money, right? But when you have that good base of smart people running, Browns check, of an offensive line, Browns check, of a quarterback who doesn't need to be a world beater but is good enough, we're seeing that, right? You're unique with these running backs, this O-line. Yeah, like, it's not there. The better team won yesterday. and But the Browns have gone through the season. They've evaluated their guys in the most important circumstances and stages. And they get to build on what they've done rather than everybody wears fucking name tags in May. It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. It's a low bar. Right? It's a low bar. It, and as time goes on, these low bar things are going to go away. But, like, that's how you stay good. We've said for years that the Ravens and Steelers can draft guys in the fifth and sixth round that outperform every expectation because they're saying, we know this guy's not a top 100 player in this draft. That's why he's still there. But for what we want, for the way we play defense, for the way we want our tight ends to play or left guards to play or strong safeties to play, this guy fits. And they bring him in for a year. And they let him play special teams, and they let him learn from the veterans who have been there, and they plug him in. And then you say, wow, how in the world did this team win 11 games again when they had to plug in this fifth rounder from Frostburg State? Because they drafted right. him because he right. fit. Because they knew what they wanted. Right. And, and, I, and I think with the Blake Hanses and Michael Dunn's of the world, Dre, we already saw that. And getting Ronnie Harrison for, sure. for nothing after you lose Grant Delpit and have to scramble, you already saw that. So, again, there, there's some serious deficiencies. Um. On, on the defense, there are some seriously big decisions with, with Mayfield, Chubb, and Ward, who, who are three of your best players, but th- those almost fall under good problems to have. You know, like B.J. Yeah. Goodson, he had a decent season. He played better than you and I or most anybody thought he was, right? That bodes well. Yeah, no doubt. That bodes well for the next mid-level free agent signing, does it not? Like, they diagnosed what they needed, you know? I, I just think yeah. it does. So, again, the Browns are not – right now ready to win the Super Bowl. But they have changed the tier that they exist in. They have changed the standard under which they operate and are judged. And they got there to the AFC's Final Four. They can see it. It's going to take a series of right moves, a series of good luck, and the bounces and the challenges and the timeouts and the fourth and nines and the fourth and twos to go your way. But, like, they're on that track. And it's all about winning one. It's all about happening right time. And you can plug in some pieces to get you faster along that track. Like, it is almost all good vibes coming out of, of this season. It is. And I think a lot of what you just discussed is huge. But the, really the biggest thing to discuss, and I think they'll be okay because I think this is a, you know, there's a key statement that I remember it was still baseball season. I still was trying to figure out some of the players' names. And it was maybe after game two. And you chuckled because early in the podcast, I was like, damn, it's pretty cool to see the Browns play and be run by adults. And it was a very simple statement. And I wasn't even trying to be, you know, I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just being honest. Like, you could tell they were run by adults. You could tell that Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, have brought a mature way of doing things to the Cleveland Browns. And that is a big deal because they hadn't had a lot of maturity over the last 20 years. There had been a lot of, 
You know, it's been a lot of like, this is what I think is most important. And this guy thinking, this is what I think is most important. The biggest thing that they have to overcome now, and that what everything Zach said, it, it hits. He's on. But Zach, and you know this, and I brought this up. Um, I kind of brought this up to Phil. I, I brought this up to Terry Pluto yesterday on the radio. And I said, Terry, we can break down the draft. We can break down free agency. We can break down, you know, all those things. And I think we learned, you and I learned, because we were up close and personal with it in 2007. It's not even so much getting better in the offseason, because, yes, you plan on it and you plan on growing, and some guys will get better and some guys will age or whatever else. Jack is dealing with and being mature. Yes. And yes. not and not and and not having your girlfriend or your wife pissed off because she sees your, your you know the left guard or the right guard got a contract as big as the left guards or that you bring in a free agent and this happens people and on good for in good franchises it's not a problem on franchises that don't know how to win it becomes a huge problem where suddenly let's say look I think we have the safeties figured out I, I kind of like the kid that got traded from Jacksonville. And I think you put him next to Grant Delpit if Delpit is, is, is healthy. Um, would you be rolling the dice not to bring in another safety to compete with him and get Zendejo out of here? Yeah, that'd be rolling the dice. But if you were, let's just say they sign whomever at, at linebacker, we could use a linebacker position. And let's say they give the kid $5 million and, you know, give him a nice little bonus. Does Mac Wilson keep the same? You know, do, do those young Jacob Phillips, do those young linebackers keep the same focus that, that they had when they were the young guns and they thought it was their team? That's what breaks up. That's the difference. Because like you said, in Pittsburgh, they don't have to do that, right? They just draft somebody in the fifth round. Baltimore, they don't have to do that. And, they, and they're the type of organization that is mature already. And you know, you better not bitch about what the next guy is making next to you. Because if you do, we'll just get somebody else. I mean, look at this. Remember the safety position when we were talking about when Baltimore cut um, who we all thought was one of the best safeties over the last 10 years because he yeah. was punching guys. Earl Thomas, yeah. How many organizations – yes, yes, thank you. Earl, how many teams overcome cutting to Earl Thomas during training camp and don't even try to replace him? Like Not That's many. where the Ravens are. Not many. And that's where the Browns have to go next. Yeah. Where it can't be about – it can't be any me guys. It can't be any, I'm Earl Thomas, I'll punch you and I'll run this coverage the way I want to run it. Yeah. They instantly told, told Earl Thomas, you are damn near a Pro Bowl – you're a damn near Hall of Fame safety over the last two, 10 years, Earl, but you're not playing like a Raven and you're not acting like a Raven. Get the fuck out. Yeah. That's, now, that, that's another interesting because... point and an important one, too. Uh, we've both said, you know, that we trust Andrew Barry, right? He's the youngest to ever do this. Mm -hmm. He came in under these circumstances. Um, he made what looks like a lot of good decisions, right? And obviously this year they won. Um, you know, there's a lot to be proven and, and it's going to change with. As Dre mentioned, the guys that want their money, the guys that are due their money, right? All this stuff. Um, we don't know Andrew Barry. Know him, know him for several reasons. One being he he has a very different <laughs> lifestyle than Zach and Andre do. <laughs> we'll probably never know, know, with big quotes on Andrew Barry. Um, but, you know, he does these pressers and he uses these impressive big words. Um, mm -hmm. and, and he non-answers questions like he's been doing it for 20 years, not for 10 months. Right? Oh, he's went to the Shapiro Antonetti school. Yes. Don't tell you nothing. But the talking. other day he was asked, and I, I forget who asked it. It was a very valid question. It was on my list to ask, um, you know, are you guys ahead of schedule? And I thought he came mm. out and gave a very real non-scripted answer of no, no. Are we saying we're satisfied? Are we saying we're there yet? No, but like we always believed in this team. We liked this team. Right. Well, 
what it comes down to when they get in the room here after taking a couple weeks off and all of a sudden the calendar's February and you start looking at, at this, they have to have a real field drive for where they really are. And that's why playing every game that was damn near a playoff game in December and getting two weeks yeah. in the playoffs is so important for these evaluations of every guy, of every player, every coach, every equipment manager, quite frankly. Because you have to know, you know, the NFL changed last year with two trades because free agency is tough. The Colts thought sure. they were missing that guy in the middle. They traded their first round pick and they went and got Buckner, right? Uh, they yeah. won 11 games. They they could have, they had a case that they could have beat the Bills. Key piece of their defense too, man. The Bills trade. went and gave up everything. Bills took out three mortgages on yeah. their house to get Stephon Diggs. <laughs> the Bills play worked. Sunday, right? Like, you know, the Browns are going to have to know because to get that defensive end, that other yeah. corner, that linebacker, pass rusher, whatever – all of these things receiver. are way, way, way more important than Larry Ogunjobi. Then, you know, how much can you count on Grant Delpit to be a star and right away? Right. You know, you got you, – realistically, you have some time on Teller and Chubb, even though you'd like to get those done. Like, yeah. this one big move, are you ready for it? Is your locker room ready for it? Is your staff ready for it? Is it the right kind of guy that you want here? Because guys well, like the pass rushers get... that make it to the market, either Ooh. their teams didn't want them or they want so much money that their teams couldn't afford them. Right. So you're taking a big great risk. pass rusher. Yeah. If you're it's a great worked. Pass rusher, it's, I'll say right this. It's yeah. worked for the Packers, who a couple years ago went and paid these Ravens pass rushers a shit ton of money. But there's ninety. There, there's as many examples of it not working as there yeah. are of not paying of, of paying. Well, money this kid is so, Take it all the way back in free agency's infancy. Green yeah. Bay hit on the biggest one of all time, and Reggie White. So and Green Bay's not a city that's ever done this, but right. Reggie White going to Green Bay brought Green Bay back. It changed everything, <laughs> right? So, yes. Our closing thought here, because because I got to be, uh, I got to jump on another call. Is this like we had the uh, alignment was the buzzword, and and they had it, but it was another low bar thing. Like imagine the guys you pay millions of dollars to running your organization actually sharing the same vision and talking to each other like adults when they don't, right? Like. <laughs> but when, when, when Stefanski and, and Dee Podesta and Barry get in that room, like they have to have a real feel for what they really think the Browns are in relation to the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bills, everyone else, for yeah. what Baker Mayfield is, for what that defense is, for what that defensive coordinator is, for what Denzel Ward is. Like the next big decision is the big, big, big one. And whether it's yeah. trading for that another piece on your D line, or you know, addressing receiver, or getting a second corner, you know, whatever it's going to be, like you can't miss on that one because the window's closed too soon. Kudos well, to the Browns. Kudos to the Browns for opening theirs. Kudos to these guys for being adults and letting us change our tone and letting everybody enjoy. I had so much fun the last couple weeks seeing the Absolutely. billboards and the memes. And going to the store and seeing everybody in the Browns gear and knowing that's what everyone's talking about and everyone's living and dying. I mean, grown adults only inviting the same people over that were there the week before and everybody had to wear the same yeah. shirts and sit in the same, same chair and eat the same right. food. Like, reminded me of being a kid when the Browns went to three AFC yes. championship games in four years. I we gotta, just haven't I had that shit. We haven't. Right. I got to get something in. And, and everything you said is dead on. 
and I hate being an adult here, right? Because there's two ways I want to go, and I know you're up against it. One, I wanted to make a joke, and I, I, you know what? I'm gonna be the immature kid that I am first. <laughs> um, and for all you guys, and this isn't to fight with you guys on Twitter. Um, you found out this year that no, no matter how bad, no matter how many times he's blocked you, it's not about that guy that works for ESPN 850. It's about your team. Stop letting fools and idiots that that obviously have shown their hand. Uh, stop letting them be the people that you think make or break your team. Um, but on a serious note, and, I, and I'll say this, and I don't have all the words to say this right, but I hope it, it comes out right. Today is MLK Day, um, and Martin Luther King Jr. was was killed on April 4th, 1968. I'm not a historian. Um, I, my mom probably wishes I was. I come from an educated family. And they wanted me to be super educated and be a historian and and be a preacher or, or be an OBG so I can make a lot of money. <laughs> not a um, but I know the date that Martin Luther King died because I was born 10 years exactly after, on April 4th, 1978. And if we haven't opened our eyes enough, and thank God for the Browns, and thank God for sports, to take our minds off of what's going on around our world. I know my brother-in-law sent me the best meme ever last week. Uh, I was talking about the world being on fire. and He had that, you know, that meme where the dog was like sitting around the fire, and he's just smiling. He's like, that's what I feel like as a Browns fan. And we laughed. And it's hilarious because we're like, everything's great. Everything's great. Um, look, I'm not going to get on a pulpit. I use the word motherfucker too much for anybody to ever think that I could preach and tell you what to do or what not to do. Um, but as a parent, I fear for where our country goes. It's amazing that you can go listen to anything that MLK said 50 plus years ago. It still, it still comes up and it still means something today. Um, we haven't grown much as a country since 68. As a parent, I just beg and plead with everybody out there because this isn't about Andre screaming, um, don't be racist and don't be an asshole because I need, you know, I need 10 more dollars in my pocket or I want you to listen to my podcast. Um, what I'm begging and pleading for is let's kind of listen to those words and rather than being cute today and posting something on Twitter or Instagram and doing it because, you know, it's the thing to do. And because hopefully that girl that you really like from college posted one about MLK too. <laughs> let's stop trying to be pretty on, on, on social media. And let's start living these posts and living these things that we see because our world's not better. And I want it better for my children. I want it better for your children. I want it better for that fucking puppy that's learning how to piss from Zach every day. Um, we can do better. It's not about your politics. It's not about your Jesus. It's not about, um, you know, who you voted for, who you didn't vote for. Until we live in the perfect land, we, there's a lot of work for us all to do. And I'll do my part. I just hope to God um, we can put our shit to the side. We can all work to be in a better place. Because this ain't it, y'all. Um, it's a damn shame that you can read quotes from JFK or Martin Luther King Jr. from 30, 50 years ago, from 50, 60 years ago, and they still pertain to today. Thank you for that that moment. I didn't come out right, but I think you guys get the gist of what I'm saying. Please, let's try to be better. Let's try. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, we'll do another one sometime. Our schedules are going to change. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about, but, um, yeah, deep breath, exhale, and know the vibes are good. Uh, for your football team going forward. And it's been a long, long time. Thanks for listening. Thanks to seeing. Thanks to Honeymoon Grill. Thanks to American Fireworks. And a big thanks to all you guys. The Browns are back. We'll watch the rest of the playoffs intently. Uh, free agency will be here before you know it. And start thinking about keeping the standard high rather than finally raising it. Talk to you soon. Konnichiwa, Drew Brees. <laughs>